There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A very highly requested subject for this podcast is clans. So what are clans? How did they come into being and what was their impact on Scottish society? Join me, Owen Innes, for episode number 23 of the Scottish History Podcast to find out. Well, firstly, the term clan comes from the Gaelic clan, surprisingly. It just has an extra N on the end that means children. Clans are essentially tribes that have a sense of shared identity. The Court of the Lord Lion was established in 1532 to regulate heraldry along with the clan's coats of arms. Most clans have a clan chief that is a direct descendant of the chief before them. However, some clans do not have clan chiefs, and these are known as Armidius clans. Now, common misconception about clans is that just because your surname matches that of a specific clan does not mean that that is your ancestral clan or that you are a descendant of that particular clan. The ordinary clansmen rarely had any blood relation to the clan chiefs whatsoever, and essentially were people who lived on the chief's land, and they changed their surname in some cases to show loyalty and solidarity to that particular clan chief. To add to this, most large clans also had septs, which were smaller families with different family names, but they followed a larger clan. At times, these particular sets would come about via marriage, but again, most likely from simply living on a more powerful laird's land. The clan chief, however, does have recognised powers in some cases to include or even exclude members of their clan, including members of their own families. 
There are traditionally two separate concepts of heritage in Scottish clans. The first is called Duthas, which was the recognition of the clan chief's power and that you as a member of that clan belong to that area. The land was essentially held communally and the idea of this was widely accepted. Under Duthas, the clan chief had no real legal right to do anything to his clanspeople except really to watch out for their best interests, to do what was best for the clan. Under this system, the chief was elected and at any time could be removed. This way the clan always had the right man for the job in that particular position. Now, around the time of the Norman conquest of England in 1066, feudalism began to take hold and thus gives us our second concept called Oichri. Now, I might be pronouncing that incorrectly, and the reason why is because I couldn't find a pronunciation guide online for it. So, Oichri is what I'm going for. Now, Oichri gave us the concept that where the clan chief was in charge of everything and now the clan's people and tenants of their land would have to pay taxes and the clan chief would demand military service from anyone under his umbrella. I'm just using that term, but anyone under that clan now had to pay taxes and they were demanded to join the military should it be required. Now, if these clanspeople refused, they would be threatened with eviction and their homes burned down. During the Jacobite uprisings and the aftermath that followed the Battle of Culloden, the concept of Oichri could be attributed to the birth of the Highland Clearances. Now, we will most likely come back to this when we get on to the Highland Clearances proper in an episode or episodes in the future. In fact, I probably plan on doing that next. The reason why I haven't quite done the Highland Clearances yet is because it's a very tough subject to get into. Once you start um, researching one particular area, you then start going down a whole rabbit hole and trying to converge all of that information into one or two episodes or even you know, just over the space of a week. That is quite difficult to do, but I do plan on doing that next, so... Check back next week and find out where we are on that. The clan feuds soon became very common once these two concepts came into being. If you have, for an, for an example, a sept of Clan MacDonald living on Clan Cameron's land, then the sept would pay rent to the Camerons and not to the MacDonalds. This would obviously cause a bit of a rift with the MacDonalds because the MacDonalds would want the tax money and the Clan Camerons wouldn't want to pay it. So you have this big fight that would happen. So of course, you know, this would lead to fighting, to the point sometimes of even war between two or even more clans. By the 1640s, however, most clans would now settle disputes via the court of law. This came after the English Civil War and the restoration of the Stuart monarchy in 1660. By the time of the restoration, clan feuds were virtually non-existent by this particular point. Now, the last clan battle to actually take place was a few years after 1660, 
Um, it took place. It was called, sorry, the the Battle of Mulroy between Clan Macintosh, which was supported at that time by British government troops, and Clan Macdonald of Keppoch, which Clan Macdonald won in 1688. And that took place in, uh, or sorry, I should say, near Roy Bridge in Loch Aber. Now, once again, contrary to popular belief, the Highland clan's involvement in the Jacobite uprisings, especially in 1745, was mainly due to the feudalist concept, with the clan chief demanding his clan's people's military service. Most of the Jacobite support was actually from the lowlands, from those who opposed the Union of 1707 and members of the Episcopal Church of Scotland. A few Highland chiefs, including Cameron of Lochiel, only joined the Jacobite rebellion after it was agreed that if the uprising failed, his lands would be secured under his name. As discussed in the Kilts and Tartans episode of this podcast, the idea of individual clans having their own Tartans is a fairly new one, which mainly appears in the Victorian era. Commonly nowadays you will find clan crest badges and clan badges. These again are 19th century in origin. The crest badge is a crest which contains a motto or a slogan. The clan chief is the sole owner of these crests and it is illegal to misappropriate the chief's crest and or motto. Only a clan chief can wear a crest badge which features three eagle feathers. For us ordinary folks, we can wear a badge that looks like a belt and buckle. The belt and buckle signifies that you are a supporter of that particular clan and that you're held together by that belt. The origins of the mottos, which was something I did get asked recently, Now, these are usually from the last clan chief and they can change at any time. So they're not really, I mean, some of them will be historic in origin, but they're not really, there's no real um, proper meaning behind them. It's just a motto or a saying that that particular clan chief may have favoured at that particular time. There will be exceptions to that, um, however, again, to research every single individual clan just to find that one little nugget of information would have taken me forever. So a clan badge is usually worn with the crest badge. Just to sort of put this out there, there is no such thing as a clan crest. Uh, You've got a clan badge and a crest badge. Okay, so there is a crest, but it's a it's a misnomer to say a clan crest. That there is essentially no such thing. Um, so a clan badge, in comparison to the crest badge that we just mentioned there, is basically a sprig of flowers or a plant that relates to your specific clan, and that is most likely worn on your bonnet or your bonnet, your hat, basically. So just finally on this, uh, I do commonly get messages and emails asking me about specific clans. I am afraid to say that unless a story demands it, I will not be doing episodes on individual clans. 
My reasons are vast and uh, very simple. So some of the main reasons is it would take me way too long to go into every single clan. Uh, you know, you'd be talking an episode per clan. You're talking well over 300 different clans. It's gonna That's going to take forever. You know, that's essentially, if I'm doing one a week, that's essentially a whole year just to focus on clans. To me also, it's a very specialised subject and a very personalised subject. So if you have aligned yourself with a clan, I do recommend that you research them yourself. It's a very family-orientated thing, as your personal connection to the clan will be greater than mine as well. I don't want to do any of the research any injustice, and if I was to say something wrong or to omit some piece of information, then you'll all be asking, why did you not say this? So I don't want to uh, do an injustice, basically, to, to any of uh, any of your clans out there and, and things like that. So once again, this episode has taken me well over eight hours to do research for, and I have basically 12 minutes of information to, to give out. So um this the, the podcast does take a little while to write and things like that so uh yeah um but one episode a week is what we're aiming for nowadays anyway folks so i hope that you enjoyed that if there's anything that you would like me to go into further detail about again the only thing i'm not going to go into further detail about is individual clans unless that particular story warrants me to explain the history of of certain clans um, for example, the the clan that I suppose I would align myself with, Innis clan, there's not much information out there, so the episode on that would last about two minutes, um, whereas, you know, an episode for the McDonald's could possibly last four, five, six hours. Now, if you are interested in clans in general, there is a Scottish clans podcast out there by a guy called Clint Hill, I believe his name is. Uh, very, very informative. He's basically got the same sort of issue that I have in terms of you might go on to his podcast and have a look, but what you're not going to find is you might not find your specific clan there uh, that he's talking about. And the reason for that is, again, there's simply hundreds of them. What I do think is very good is he started from the beginning. So he's went right the way back to Dalriada and even before then, um, to start discussing those particular subjects. So I do recommend, I think it's just called Scottish Clans Podcast. Um, and uh, and again, it's very, very good. It's very decent. So if you want to know a little bit more about specific clans, I do recommend heading over there. And if you do head over there and, you know, you like his Facebook page or whatever, just drop a, a little message to say that I sent you over there. Um while I'm recommending podcasts, actually, um, I do have another Scottish podcast uh, which seems to have just started up uh, called Thistle Do. Um, three Scots guys living in New York uh, City, I believe. Uh, I think all three of them live in New York City. Um, so their podcast is very good. It's um, it's sort of more on the humorous side uh, than mine, uh, but so far they've got, I think, five or six episodes out there. They've again covered the Loch Ness Monster. They covered clans themselves. Um, so I, I listened to that during the week there when I was working. So um, I highly recommend that. Um, 
I've also approached them to see if we could maybe do some kind of crossover podcast. I think uh, I think that might be uh, a lot of fun. So uh, so that's the Thistle Do podcast. Um, very very good. I think they're on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts etc. Um, so folks for another week I'll just wrap that up there just a reminder if uh, if you're new to the podcast if this is the first one that you've listened to please uh, head over to our Facebook page all of the links are um, basically forward slash Scott History Pod so it's facebook.com forward slash Scott History Pod Twitter at Scott History Pod Instagram.com forward slash Scott History Pod you can find this podcast on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, and a lot more. I've been uh, submitting the podcast to as many of these podcasting sites as possible. Um, Stitcher is one that I'm trying to get on. I think I uh, applied for Stitcher about a month ago, and I still haven't been put up on there, which is a bit disappointing. Um, but I will chase that one up. Uh, if you want to send me an email, you can do, uh, but you can send me a message on any of these. It's me who answers. Um, so if you head over to um, scotthistorypod at gmail.com is where you'll be able to uh, send me a link directly. And if you want to support the podcast, if you've listened to every episode and you want to support me in everything that uh, we're doing here, you can do so. That's through the Patreon page. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. So patreon.com forward slash Scott History Pod once again. Um, you can donate anything between one and three pounds per month to the podcast and that just helps with the, the running costs, etc. Uh, so folks, for another week, that's uh, that's me and uh, I hope you have a good one and I'll speak to you again next week. <laughs>